Ah, yes, you're listening to Life 101, where we live in faith every day. This is Line Upon Line, where we study God's Word line by line. And I'm your host, Pastor Adrian. Verses 9 and 10 says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? And then he answers, Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. So if you're serious about your walk with God and you want to understand true doctrine, it's time to get your Bible and follow along as we study God's Word. It's time to be weaned from the milk. Get your Bible, tell a friend, tell your pastor about this study, and let's get into God's Word line upon line. going to cover Revelation chapter 10. I'll say a quick prayer and then we'll get right into this uh, very exciting study. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, uh, so grateful uh, for your loving kindness, so grateful, Father, that you've put your hand on each of us that you've called, that you've given your Holy Spirit to. And uh, Father, we just thank you so much for the blessing that we have of being able to read these ancient texts not only being able to read them, but to understand them and to put them into practice. Father, as we study this part of the text, which shows your wrath upon wicked men, uh, we pray, God, that you'll help us to purify ourselves, to be ready to receive Jesus Christ. And we pray as well, Father, that you will give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. Give us that peace that great peace so that nothing offends us. Instead, we just have great joy and anticipation as we look forward to the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray in his name, Father. Amen. So brethren, we are going to uh, continue in uh, Revelation chapter 10. And just allow me to make a quick adjustment here before we jump in. Just have to adjust one thing. There we go. And uh, what I'll do now is just call up the scripture. And let's begin. And I want to just go back to chapter 8, verse 13, just to put us back in context here, where it says here in chapter 8 and verse 13, he says, 
And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, so remember, um, four trumpets have been blown, and now three more are left. And so there's this distinction between the first four and the last three. So after the first four are blown, then he beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe. You can just imagine this, this loud voice and how intense this angel was communicating what is about to happen. Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. And so this is taking us through the seven trumpet blasts which come at the point of the seventh seal. So Christ opened the seven seals and on the seventh seal there are now seven trumpet blasts. And these last three trumpet blasts are the three woes. So trumpets five, six, and seven are the three woes. And uh, the apostle is recording just how serious these woes are, uh, that, that the inhabitants of the earth are in great trouble. But we did see in, so, so the saints were in great trouble previously, but now God is acting and the saints will be sealed, those that are still alive, so that these woes do not touch the saints. So now we continue in the text. We were in chapter 9 last week when the fifth angel, this is the first woe, sounded, and he saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. So this star uh, falls from heaven unto the earth, and to this star was given the key of the bottomless pit, the abyss. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose smoke out of this pit, as in a great furnace, and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke, and there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. Remember, this is symbolic language. So these locusts are these demons that are coming out upon the earth, and unto them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. So you can just woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. And this fifth angel sounds, and these locusts come upon the earth. And they're given power as the scorpions of the earth have power, and it's commanded them that they shouldn't hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God upon their foreheads. So this is a, a great torment for these wicked people. They were putting the saints of God to death, and now they wish they could die, but they can't die. They're, they're, they're tormented by these demons, whether it's an actual military army or if it's just a spiritual host and a host of demons that come out of the abyss who are just incredibly wicked and are now tormenting these wicked men and they wish they could have the death that they inflicted upon the saints earlier. So again, the inhabitants of the earth are in great trouble at this time. One woe is past, he says in verse 12, and behold, there come two woes more hereafter. So this is horrible. Uh, this is a terrible, terrible tragedy for those who have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 13 now, the second woe, which is the sixth angel. And the sixth angel sounded, 
and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar which is before God, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. Again, this is an incredible woe that's fallen upon the inhabitants of the earth when these four angels are loosed and they are now slaying a third part of the men. And, and this part, it just blows me away. At the end of chapter 9, before we come into chapter 10, the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues. So, so the whole point of these plagues is to bring men to repentance. But the rest of the men that were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and, uh, and brass and stone. So they should not be worshiping uh, these idols of stone and of wood, which can neither can see nor hear and walk. But somehow some ideology has so gripped them that they cannot turn away from this idolatry. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, pharmakeia, nor of their porneia, nor of their thefts. So there's some ideology that is so gripping them that they just cannot leave it. And, and despite all of this incredible punishment upon them, they will not leave this idolatry. So now we come to chapter 10. And now in chapter 10 he writes, so he's writing, he has to write what he sees and what he hears. And so now he's writing what he sees. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow upon his head and his face as it were the sun. It's his face was as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire. So some believe that this is actually Jesus Christ because his face is like the sun and uh, this matches the description in chapter 1 of verse 15 about his feet where his feet are like unto fine brass as if they burned in a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters. So some believe this is actually Jesus Christ himself. I, I don't believe that. I, I reject that. I think it would be very anticlimactic. The whole, all of this is leading up to the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so for him to now appear at this point in the sequence, it, it would be anticlimactic. So he says here, I saw another mighty angel. Remember in chapter 5 and verse 2, where he saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. And that's how uh, the Lord was introduced to then be worthy to open the seals. So this was the first mighty angel that he saw, and now he's seeing another mighty angel. So I don't think it's uh, at all Jesus Christ. It is just a very mighty angel that uh, has now appeared. Continuing in verse 2, And he had in his hand a little book, a scroll open, and it was open. And he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth. And I just have to pause here uh, and just warn us against anybody who says, I have a little book. And, and the little book that I have is the little book in Revelation. And we actually have in our Church of God community uh, a self-proclaimed prophet that claims that he has written the little book. 
and uh, that this is revelation from God. And, uh, you know, it has uh, seven thunders. We're going to talk about seven thunders in a bit. But his book has nine chapters. And so he says, you know, if you take away the introduction and you take away the conclusion, that's, that leaves seven chapters. And those seven chapters are the seven thunders. And I hope as we've been going through this book uh, line by line and sequentially, we can see very clearly that this is absolute rubbish. We should not be falling prey to anybody who wants to tell us that they are the author of the little book and they know the, the contents of the seven thunders. We can just look here as we've been reading in sequence in chapter 8 and, and in verse 1. When Christ had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And so there was just this great anticipation to see what is going to happen after the seventh seal is opened. And after the seventh seal is opened, that's where we now come into the seven trumpets. So the seven trumpets are a subset of the, the seventh seal. So these seven trumpets are a subset, and it's in, it's in this um, sixth trumpet that we have the little book uh, revealed. And so for somebody, uh, very clearly a false prophet, to say that he has a little book and, and you need to follow him. And here's the little book from God. When we're not there yet. You know, Christ told us that we're not to believe anybody that says, lo, here is Christ or there is Christ. Uh, that when he comes, it'll be very obvious to us. And nothing happens really until the signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. That's when, that's the sign for us, the saints, to know that God is now acting. Prior to that, mankind is running the show. It's not until we see these signs in the heavens and this great earthquake and man losing control that we now know that God is acting. And when God begins to act, there's a very clear sequence of events. And this little book, or a little scroll, it's, not, it's actually not a book, it's a scroll. So I guess another big mistake that he says he has this uh, little book, but the scripture actually speaks of a little scroll that is open. So for somebody to appear on the scene now, prior to the, the uh, seals being opened, and it's in the seventh seal being opened that the seven trumpets blast, blast occurs, and it's in the sixth trumpet blast that the little book, the angel appears with this little scroll. So let's be very careful of any self-proclaimed prophets, false prophets, who are trying to lead us astray uh, for their own self-aggrandizement as well as their their own uh, lining their pockets so we see now that the sequence is the sixth uh, angel blow uh, appears and he had in his hand a little scroll and it was open these are all symbols so this is open this is something that needs to be known and he set his foot upon the sea and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth so he is very clearly establishing his dominance and his authority over the earth. And whatever it is he has to say, no one has the ability to withstand him. And this is a message for the whole earth. And he cried with a loud voice. So he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. So this is something that he is, this is, again, it's a message for the whole earth, and it is a signal when a lion roars, there's prey to be devoured. So he says he cried with a loud voice, 
as when a lion roars, and when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write. So this is what he's told to do. You write what you see, and you write what you hear. And so now he hears what these seven thunders are saying, and so he's about to write what the seven thunders utter. I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. Well, this is very, very interesting. Because, you know, again, if we go to Revelation, uh, right as the whole, ap the apocalypsis, as it begins, the apocalypsis of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him, why did he give it to him? To show us, his servants, things which must shortly come to pass. And so he sent and he signified it by his angel unto his servant John. So the whole purpose of this book is to make known to us the things that are going to happen. And yet something is uttered here and a voice from heaven, I believe it would be God's voice, it could be an angel, says to John, don't record what you just heard, even though he's instructed to tell us what he hears and what he sees. So there's something in these seven voices, which we are, seven thunders, which we are, which have been uttered that we are not to know. And again, anybody who's coming to you to say, I know what the seven thunders are saying. I've got a little book. You need to follow me because I'm so special. I'm a special false prophet. You got to follow me. Nonsense. The command from God is that what these seven thunders uttered, that it not be known. And so there's something that we're not to know. And what, you know, if we go to Deuteronomy, uh, Moses wrote that the secret things belong unto the Lord, our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may, that we may do all the words of this law. So it's God's prerogative to seal up what he wants to seal and to make known what he wants to make known. So these seven thunders, again, were in the second woe, and uh, these woes were introduced with uh, a, a loud voice that just said, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. So these seven thunders have something to do with this period of time that we're in, where God is bringing down the wickedness of men. But there are things that we are to know. And so the, the book, the little book, the scroll is open. And so there's something that we're to know in this, in this scroll. And, and I think this very clearly is a call back to Daniel. And in fact, uh, Pastor Bill Watson is going to be, be beginning, he's going to begin uh, his Bible study after he finishes, finishes Romans on the book of Daniel. I believe that's his plan. And so this is just perfect timing as we're going through Revelation. And even Matthew 24, we covered as well. Uh, both John and Christ himself pointed back to Daniel. And here in this revelation with this little book open, it's pointing back to the prophecies that were given to Daniel. In Daniel 12, verse 4, But you, O Daniel, shut up the words, seal up these words, and seal the book, even to the time of the end. So this book that was sealed is to be opened at the time of the end. And so this angel appears with this scroll open and, and giving it to John, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, 
the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on that side of the bank of the river. So these are, it seems to be angels. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river. That's an important point here, the angels on the water. As we saw this other angel talking to John, put one hand, one, one foot uh, in the sea and one foot on land. And he says here, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? So there's a, there's a timeline involved here. And the question is, how long will it be until the end of these wonders? And so these wonders we're now seeing in the book of Revelation, and it's leading up to the end. And so this is the question, how long will it be? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he, and this is significant as, as well, when he held up his right hand, so he holds up his right hand, and his left unto heaven, and he swear by him that lives forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and a half. So three and a half years. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. So there's a very clear agenda. And the agenda is to scatter the power of the sacred people, of the chosen people. Uh, and God is punishing his people. And these people either repent or they don't. And so it's, uh, God is like a lion hunting down his prey. And so this, this is all part of an agenda that God has that he's working out. And when this is done, these things shall be finished. And I heard, but I, I didn't understand. So Daniel just can't grasp what the holy people are being shattered and scattered. Uh, then said I, O oh my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? He just could not. This is incredible revelation that he's getting that he just can't make sense of what, what's going on. And he said, go your way, Daniel. For the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. And so now here we are in Revelation 10, and this is the time of the end. And so this angel now appears with the book open, and he gives it to Daniel. And, and, and again, I just want to reinforce that this is part of the sixth trumpet, which is in the seventh seal. And there's just absolutely no way that this book is, this, this openness uh, this open scroll is available to us right now. We have bits and pieces, but it will be fully available at the right time. They're sealed until the time of the end. And the vision and of the evening and the morning, which was told, is true. Therefore shut you up the vision, for it shall be for many days. And, I, and, and whatever this vision is, what he saw and what he heard, he fainted. So when he got the full weight of this vision, he passed out. And I, Daniel, fainted, and I was sick certain days. So when he saw what happened to the holy people, uh, that, that, and that's not necessarily the saints, but the selected people, the, the uh, covenant people, uh, when he saw this, he, he passed out. And he was sick certain days. Afterward, he rose up, and he, went, he got back to work. He did the king's business. But he was astonished at the vision but none understood it. So now we come back to Revelation 10. When the seven thunders had uttered their voices, he was about to write what they uttered. And a voice from heaven said unto him, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and don't write them. So the scroll is open. You can share what's in that, but don't share what the seven thunders uttered. So please, again, I just I can't believe that uh, somebody would be so arrogant to say they're so special, 
so narcissistic to say they're so special that they can tell us what the seven thunders uttered. And the angel, which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven. So, so now he is again, just like the angel in, uh, that we saw in Daniel, he is swearing that these things are going to come to pass. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swore by him that lives forever and ever. This is a very serious oath. Who created heaven and the things that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are. So remember that Moses wrote and the sea and the things that which are therein that there should be time no longer. So remember that Moses wrote that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth went sideways because of Adam and Satan. And so the whole universe is, is the heavens are in, in, in God's control. They're subject to his will. It's only the earth that is in rebellion. And so now he's swearing by him that lives forever, who created the heavens and the earth that there will be time no longer. So this is now this is now the time of no more delay. And so we'll come back to that in a moment, but first this notion of this, this angel swearing, and he's swearing by God that there will be time no longer. And we see in Hebrews that for men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. So that's the end of the matter when somebody swears and what they will do is swear by somebody greater than themselves uh, as an appeal to that greatness to say what I'm saying is true. And wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. So God himself has set this plan in motion and he has sworn and he's, he's, he's bound by this covenant. And now this angel is swearing that there should be time no longer. And you remember in Daniel 12, we read it already, that this angel in Daniel swore, and he was swearing about a timeline. And, and when, when will all of this come to an end? And same here in Revelation 10, this angel is swearing about a timeline. And what he's doing is he's answering the prayer that we saw in Revelation chapter 6. When the fifth seal was opened, and we saw the martyrs crying out. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long? How much longer? What's the timeline? O Lord, holy and true, do you not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And this is now the answer to that question. And he swore by him that lives forever and ever that there should be time no longer. Now God is going to, be, is going to answer and avenge their blood. And just this little uh, verse in Nehemiah, which I thought was interesting. Again, this whole notion of the heaven and the earth. Thou, even you, O Lord, are, are, lo are Lord alone. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens with all their host, the earth and all things that are therein. So there's the heaven and the earth, the seas, and all that is therein. And you preserve them all. And then notice this phrase, the host of heaven worships you. So God made the heavens and earth, but the host of heaven worships you. The earth is in rebellion. And that's why Christ says to us to pray 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what's beginning to take place here. God is now acting so that his will will be done on earth and that his kingdom will come to earth and that the earth and the heavens will be one. But unfortunately, the earth is in rebellion and we know that the reason for this, the source of this rebellion is the devil, the deceiver. He deceives the whole world. And that's why the earth is in rebellion and God is now acting to crush this rebellion. So he says now in uh, verse 7, of Revelation 10 here in verse 7 he says but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel so now the seventh angel when he sounds when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God should be finished as he has declared to his servants the prophets. So Daniel understood, and all the other prophets, they have had uh, bits and pieces of this whole plan of God. And now finally, when the seventh angel sounds, all of the prophets and everything that had been revealed to them, which is still outstanding, it converges into revelation. And to me, this is again, I, I, uh, you know, this... Uh, Islamic movement that's engulfing the world, taking, you know, it's really spreading like wildfire around the world, and they have this book called the Quran, and when you accept the Quran, you reject everything in the Bible. It, it, in fact, having a Bible becomes illegal. So that could be, you know, the final word of God, the final revelation, or the book of Revelation could be the final revelation from God. And when we accept the book of Revelation, all of the outstanding promises, all of the outstanding prophecies, the entire counsel of God, that is in the Old Testament and the New Testament, all of it converges and rolls neatly into the book of Revelation and it becomes a whole. So, you know, I think any intelligent person reading the book of Revelation and seeing how it integrates so beautifully into the rest of the text knows that this is from the same God as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. In the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he has declared to his servants, the prophets. Now here we are in Revelation 10, verse 7, and the sixth angel has sounded, and we're waiting now for the seventh angel, but the seventh angel doesn't sound until chapter 11, verse 15. And the seventh angel uh, sounded, and there, was, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So there's this, Again, another interlude, as we saw in uh, chapter 7, uh, when we were in Revelation 6, and we saw the fifth seal was opened, and the sixth seal was opened, and then we were waiting for the seventh seal to be opened. But instead of opening the seventh seal, we had this uh, pause, this interlude, uh, where we saw the counting of the 144,000. Uh, and then we got to the, um, the opening of the seventh seal. Where here we are now, waiting for the seventh trumpet to sound, and instead of going from the sixth trumpet to the seventh trumpet, there's again another interlude. So, so this is very patterned in the same way. And so these kingdoms of the earth are finally crushed. And it's very interesting, uh, in the news today, uh, we have a lot is um, being reported on of the nation of Iran. Whereas, you know, 40 years ago, uh, they were in the streets because they believe the kingdom of uh, the uh, Shiite, uh, Ayatollah Khomeini, that was the answer. And here we are now, they're the same nation, the people are protesting to bring down this government. 
Well, what happened to all the hopes and dreams? And, and every government around the world, every kingdom, is full of false promises. It's full of false promises, and it is uh, not only false promises, but oppression. The people in Iran are at, at personal risk. Many people have died already, and who knows how many more will. But they're willing now to risk their lives, put their neck on the lines, as they try to overthrow this regime, which, you know, 40 years ago was promising utopia. And I'm, I'm just so tired of these utopian salespeople. And every generation falls for it. We've had thousands of years of history to look and see, you know what, there's no utopia. Until Christ comes, there's no utopia. There is only oppression. Because the kingdoms of this world belong to the devil. And Christ is coming to crush them. And, and this is what will be announced when we get to the seventh uh, seal. And so he says now, um, in, in verse 7, that in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. Well, what is this mystery of God? Well, we see here in chapter 15, uh, 11, verse 15, that when he sounds, the kingdom of God is declared and the kingdoms of this world are put down. And in Matthew, Christ himself said, it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So, so the kingdom of heaven truly is a mystery. And, and very few people know what this mystery is. So few people understand it. In fact, in Ephesians, he also speaks concerning this great mystery concerning Christ and the church. So, so this is, mankind has no clue what's going on. Mankind is in the dark. But there are a certain set of people who have been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God and that the kingdom of God represents a great marriage that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve and, and God moving to rescue the woman. It's a great mystery. And, and by some great act of mercy and kindness, we are being called as first fruits to understand this and to prepare for it. So the prophecy says here in Amos that the Lord God will do nothing, but he reveals his secret unto his servants, the prophets. So whatever's in those seven thunders, we don't need to know that. That's part of these three, the, the, the woe upon mankind. But this scroll is open and this whole book of Revelation is about us knowing what he's about to do. And, and we just have to look into the prophets, and again, all the prophets converge into Revelation so that we can understand. We don't have to be in the dark. We can understand what is happening. In verse 8 of chapter 10, And the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again. So first it spoke to him, and it said, Do not write what the seven thunders uttered. Now it speaks to him again, and it says, Go and take the little book. So don't, don't concern yourself with the seven thunders, but concern yourself with the little book. Go and take the little scroll, which is open in the hand of the angel. And again, we said this is the, the uh, prophecies that were given to Daniel that were laid out in the timeline that Daniel didn't understand. Well, when is this going to take place? Well, that sealed Daniel until the time of the end. Now that prophecy is open, that scroll is open, because it is the time of the end. So go and take that little scroll, which was sealed for Daniel, which is now open in the hand of the angel, which stands upon the sea, 
and upon the earth. And I went unto the angel, and I said to, unto him, Give me the little scroll. And he said unto me, Take it, and eat it up. And, and he says, It shall make your belly bitter. So this is this is and again we know that whatever is in here when Daniel saw it he passed out it made him sick but it is the word of God and he says but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey so there's this sort of mixed uh, blessing here on the one hand it's sweet as honey when it hits your mouth but once you digest it and fully understand it'll make your belly bitter and Daniel spoke about the, the power of the chosen people being shattered. And, and he just became very ill. So some people say, you know, this could be, you know, the, the bitterness is the fact that it, uh, there's a delay. That he's waiting for the seventh angel to sound and he's waiting for the kingdom of God to be announced. But now there's a delay in the sense that there's some more work that has to be done before that seventh angel sounds. So that could be the cause. But I don't think so. I think when we look at some of the other prophecies and when we looked at Daniel, uh, the bitterness has to do with fully comprehending the plight of these wicked men, especially if they are among the covenant people. So Jeremiah had the similar prophecy. He says, your words were found and I did eat them. And your word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name. O Lord God of hosts. So the word of God is a joy. All of it, the whole counsel of God is a joy. But look at Ezekiel's prophecy or experience. But you, son of man, hear what I say unto you, and do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. And when I looked, behold, a hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein, and he spread it before me. So the scroll is opened before him, and it was written within and without, so he could see the contents of the scroll, and there was written therein lamentations and mourning and woe. So this were in the woes, where this is the, these are the three woes, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. So those who have not repented, who have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, who have not turned to their Creator. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. And so these seven thunders have to do with this, these, these woes. Uh, we don't know the details. We don't need to know the details. This belongs to God. But everything else He's making known to us. He's going to make known to us. This is open. And uh, here we see that what was written in this and what, what caused Daniel to pass out are lamentations and mourning, and woe. Continue in chapter 3 of Ezekiel. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat what you find. And again, this is all symbolic language. Eat this roll, and go speak unto the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause your belly to eat, <clears throat> and fill your bowels with this roll that I give unto you. So fully digest the contents of this message. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. And he said unto me, Son of man, go and get you unto the house of Israel, and speak my words unto them. So, you know, in Amos he says that, 
You only of all the families of the earth have I known. Therefore I will punish you for your iniquity. So there's a real focus on these people, especially when they are so rebellious. God is trying to drive them to repentance, but they just won't. And, you know, there's the rest of mankind as well, because the angels stood on the sea and the earth. So now this is for all mankind. But there is a particular focus on the covenant people. For you are not sent to a people of a strange speech and of a hard language, but to the house of Israel, not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language, whose words you cannot understand. Surely, had I sent you unto them, they would have hearkened unto you. And we saw in chapter 7, great many Gentiles that have uh, repented and become grafted into Israel. But the house of Israel, and it's very interesting that 144,000 uh, symbolizing God's army, which he's going to come and return with, and at the same time we have this 200 million man army that we saw in uh, Revelation chapter 9, which is Satan's army. Uh, but certainly the 144,000 with Christ are going to crush. We're going to see that as we continue in this book. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto you, for they will not hearken unto me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. And so uh, finishing up now in Revelation chapter 10, And he said unto me, You must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. So, yes, we're, we're waiting for the seventh angel to sound, but always, 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 there's this warning that goes out first. And this gospel must be preached unto all nations, and then the end will come. And so God, God is making sure that man is without excuse. And all of these kingdoms, he's saying to John, and by extension to us who are alive in this time, that we have this, this earnest work of prophesying again, uh, the, taking these, this prophecy once the scroll is open to us, and taking the contents of this book and preaching the word. So he said unto me, you must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Everybody has to hear this glorious gospel. And as we move into the next chapter, I believe it's the next chapter, we'll see that we will have divine help in ensuring that the whole earth Here's this gospel, but it's so amazing that as we're going through all of these terrible woes and afflictions, the people of God, we've either been martyred and we're sleeping, waiting for the, res the first glorious resurrection, or we are alive and we are at work, but there's a seal on our foreheads and none of this harm is coming upon us. What a glorious God we serve. His counsel will stand. You know, he's, he's a God that... Uh, from ancient times, declaring the, the end from the beginning, and from ancient times that which is not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand. And as we work through the book of Revelation, you know, right in chapter 4, we see God seated on his throne, and Christ on his throne, the Father and Christ on their thrones, and they are in complete control. They are in complete control. And so all this chaos that we're going to be uh, seeing and potentially living through, we must have great peace, peace of mind, peace in our hearts, and great love for one another. This, this, is, this is what's expected of us. We have love one another, we have great peace and hope in Christ, and we do the work that's been committed to us. What a great God we serve. Jesus Christ is our Lord, He's our King, He's our Savior. God bless you all. Thanks for joining.